Welcome to Command of Her Own, a Star Trek podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin. And I'm your host, Jen. This week, as the Star Trek Discovery hiatus continues, we're discussing the 2017 film Wonder Woman, starring Gal Gadot and Chris Pine, and directed by... Patty Jenkins. Patty Jenkins, thank you. I had her name like two minutes ago. <laughs> Love it when that happens. Uh-huh. And uh, before we get into that, though, the there has been a whole bunch of Star Trek news. So where to begin with that? Um, okay, so the big shakeup for Star Trek Discovery is that um, the showrunners, Harberts and Berg, have... Did they... I don't know how they worded it, if they quit or if they stepped down or they got fired... But it came to light that they were basically creating a very toxic and verbally abusive environment in the writer's room. Some of the writers were speaking to uh, the producers and other people on the show and potentially going to be leaving. So they have switched over showrunners and taking over for Harberts and Berg is Alex Alex Kurtzman. So... Um, he will be taking over as the showrunner, and we'll see what this impact has on season two, which is currently part way through its production. Now, I assume, I think they're filming, so I assume that means most of the main story parts have been written already. Mm, but That depends. Yeah. I would assume at least if they were planning like an overarching story, that part had been done if the individual episodes may not have been written yet. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if this has a noticeable impact on the season two of Discovery. And hopefully at least it makes it a more pleasant working environment for everyone involved. Hopefully. Yeah. There's been other big news breaking and... Um, One of the things is that CBS has extended their deal with executive producer Alex Kurtzman through 2023 with his company, Secret Hideout Production Company. And they're sort of being given a job to expand the Star Trek universe, which excites me greatly because that was one of the things I hoped we would see with Discovery was an expansion of more content in general. Um, What we know so far is that they are in plans to do a series set at Starfleet Academy, which a lot of Star Trek fans have wanted for a long time. Uh, Mm -hmm. Right now they have creators who have developed CW's reboot of Dynasty and previously worked on shows like Gossip Girl and Runaways. So I think that bodes well for the tone they're going to be trying to create. I think there's going to be a lot of, like, older school fans who will not necessarily enjoy the series, but that's okay because that is not who that series would be aimed for. I was just going to say I don't think that's who they're trying to capture. Yeah. I'm kind of excited about it. Um Because that one, and then they're also apparently, there's an animated series that they're working on development, which is being kept, uh, the details are being kept under wraps on that one. And I'm very excited about those two, just because um, with modern franchises, Mm -hmm. you have to have uh, new fans coming into them. And one of the biggest fan base potentials is kids and teens right now. And like I said before... You know, Star Wars is dominating, Marvel is dominating. Like, I'm amazed at how kids who are, like, in preschool and kindergarten know all the Marvel characters, even though the movies clearly aren't marketed at them. Right, but the lunchboxes are. Yeah. And if Star Trek wants to capture some of that fan base, they really have to start marketing towards that as well. Yeah. So I'm very excited about that, uh, potentially having a show that I can share with my kids and, and more Star Trek merchandise, I can hope. I hope they don't mess it up. 
Um, there's also another series that is being kept under wraps. And a limited series that's apparently based around the Wrath of Khan story, which I have mixed feelings about. And then mm -hmm. the other big news was that there are some hints and rumors that they may be developing a series featuring Patrick Stewart reprising his role as Jean-Luc Picard from Star Trek The Next Generation. I honestly thought that that was the Academy series, that he would be at the Academy. But maybe I just made that up in my brain because it made the most sense to me. You could have also read somebody speculating on it. Oh, that's true. Um, I, I don't know that he would mesh well with the Academy idea. Um, just because it seems to me that they might be going for more of a, a teenage angst-filled sort of thing. And, and, well, I think Patrick Stewart could work with that. I don't know that Jean-Luc Picard would work well with that. That would be kind of hilarious. It, it would be. But, yeah. I mean, there's... I can't remember the name of this movie, but I'm going to see if I can find it. Because there's one where he plays, like, a very paranoid person. I mean, he's played a teacher before. Yes, he has. In X-Men is what I'm thinking. Yes. No, that's what I was thinking too when they were talking when you mentioned Academy and Patrick Stewart. Yeah, I think it was the movie Masterminds that I was thinking of. Oh, I think I've seen that. Yeah, it was this came out the same year as um uh conspiracy theory. So yeah, it could be it could be hilariously good. But I also would like to see them take like a more behind the scenes diplomatic look at Picard perhaps as an admiral now. And more about the ins and outs of, you know, Starfleet hierarchy and the politicking and things like that. Wait, I'm sorry. Mm hmm Masterminds? I think it was just said Mastermind. Oh, okay, okay. Masterminds is a 2016 film that he was certainly not in. <laughs> it's a very different thing. Yes. Okay, everything's fine now. We can we can put the uh, past filmography of Star Trek actors up for potential viewing on the hiatus between season two and three. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then we could watch it. Sure. Maybe <laughs> some of it, not all of it. No, I don't want to watch all the X Men films. I don't think you do either. <laughs> How many are there now? Anyway, we're on a tangent. I want to say six, maybe seven. Yeah, I've only seen three. Four if you include Wolverine as... Oh, shoot. No, I didn't count any of the Logan movies. So okay. I think that's three more. So nine. That's three more? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I am excited about the Star Trek news. We are now an X-Men podcast. <laughs> We definitely have not yet exhausted all of our Star Trek material, Kate. We can't switch over yet. That's fair. That's fair. There's probably a little bit more of X-Men. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, I'm not even going to go there because I don't even know how one would judge which one there is more of. Okay, so Wonder Woman, huh? Yeah. You want me to do a brief sum up? Sure. Okay. Okay. Okay, so Wonder Woman, uh, the 2016 movie by Patty Jenkins, is about a uh, <laughs> girl named Diana who lives on the island of the Amazons, the Mascara, and then World War I invades, and then she goes to try to kill Ares, the god of war. And yeah, I more things happen. Sure. Sure. I, I don't know. I'd say World War One invades, but the, well, but, I mean, like it invades their peace. Yes. Well, and there was the prophecy, like the um, the Amazons are there to help mankind uh, find peace instead of the Great War or whatever that happens. That's what yeah. they're they're charged with is. 
But it seemed like they were pretty content to ignore that. Yeah. Until it landed on their doorstep. That's true. Now, I, I picked this movie partly because people were very surprised I hadn't seen it yet. And one of the movies that was suggested for us to watch was a documentary that was done about Wonder Woman's creator. Mm-hmm. But I thought and I'm also, gonna... mm-hmm. I was just going to say this keeps up our our Chris Pine theme. Yes. And also like movies about uh, women in command or leading roles. Okay, so I went for the joke. That that's yeah. fine though that you, you kept it serious. And... You can just cut my serious thing out. You can keep No, the joke. no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um now Kate, do you have any background with comic books? Like I know you're into anime, but do you read comic books as well or um not really. No. I've tried a lot and there are some that I read. Um like I've read a lot of Miss Marvel. And I've read some, like, non-superhero uh, graphic novels. Mm-hmm. I've recently been obsessed with Check, Please, which is an online comic. Mm-hmm. But mostly, if I pick up a comic book, and this is actually true of, of manga also, even though I'm super into uh, anime, mm-hmm. and I'm reading it, I always just sort of think to myself, this could have less pictures and more words. <laughs> not that there's not that I have any like actual judgment about comics. It's just not the reading experience that I prefer. Gotcha. I understand. Okay. Okay. Which really sucks because I know there's a lot of stories out there that I'm kind of that I'm missing out on and would love to read and experience, but it's just not my genre of choice or right. medium of choice, I guess. Okay. You. Me. Uh, well, I was never really into comics as a kid, aside from, like, Archie comics, maybe, and, um, never really a Wonder Woman fan, like, even the original TV series was kind of, I kind of was a little too young for it, and Mm -hmm. never really watched it in reruns or anything like that, and I've gotten really into comic book movies, and have been trying to read more comics. And I actually was trying... I I have a bunch of Wonder Woman comics that were from a list that was recommended before the movie came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was trying to read through all of the recommended arcs and stories from that before we recorded this. But I did not have that kind of time, apparently. So I got through parts of it. Which was handy because it helped me understand some of the backstory of the movie a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoy them. Um, I'm always at war with more the practical side of things. In that, uh, well, I mean, you can do them digitally now, which helps. Yeah. But to keep up with an ongoing serialized comic can get expensive. It can. Yes, 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 it can. And then I also have my my whiteboard memory where like I I will watch and consume a piece of media and then I kind of either get the details blurred with other potential stories in my head that I thought of while reading or watching it or I just forget big segments of it um, which is great for rewatching things it's it's lovely because you can like experience it all like new again kind of. And be surprised by twists again in, in certain circumstances. But when you're reading it in a serialized way, it sucks because you can't remember important beats. So things that should have resonance for you later, you totally miss. Hmm. Because you've forgotten that detail from like two series ago. So I, I like to read them more when they're like collected in a graphic novel. And uh, yeah. I also prefer when they're in a graphic novel, though... Mm-hmm. What I go to a lot of conventions, and one of the mm-hmm. things that you can find at conventions is not only cheap comics, but sometimes what um, the people selling the comics will do is get a whole bunch of a series together and sell them as a set. Mm. Right. And you can get that pretty cheap if you are good to spend a portion of one of your days digging. Right. So. That's cool. Depends what convention you're in, that sort of thing. So I have done that. I have, like, some Mass Effect comics and 
for somebody who doesn't read comics, I actually have quite a few, but I, again, I go to comic conventions. Yeah. And then I also have, like, complicated feelings towards Wonder Woman in general. Oh, why? Again, partly it's just that she has been what has been picked up heavily upon for marketing. And so it's like, if you're going to get like a comic book superhero woman, it's going to be Wonder Woman. Uh Sometimes Batgirl, you know, a few others, but it's just so saturated in what's out there. And I think it bothers me partly because it so starkly displays the gender disparity. Because if you want a male superhero, you can find several different representations because there mm-hmm. has been. Um, but if you want a female superhero, they just haven't made as many female leading superheroes and they haven't been popularized and they haven't been, you know, merchandised as well. So I have um, been starting to get interested in some of the other ones. And I've read a few issues of Ms. Marvel. But like, if you go out to a store to find something that to wear that shows your fandom, you're not going to find Ms. Marvel. Like, you're going to have to work very hard for that. See, this might be... I don't have that problem because I go to conventions. Mm -hmm. There's a crap ton of Ms. Marvel everywhere. I'm talking more from, like, a pop cultural standpoint. Like, when when I'm in the, you know, the store looking at notebooks that are marketed towards children, mostly. Right. This is not something that I do, so... Yeah. It's just a it's different like, experience. Those are those are my limited choices. Mm-hmm. So. I have a Miss Marvel sitting beside me right now. Oh, awesome. My bubblehead Funko. I, I am hoping that she is in the the next generation of Marvel movies. And, God, and, I hope uh, so. I love Miss Marvel. That would be awesome. I'm now just uh, hitting her head. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now, Kate, are you uh, a DC or a Marvel person? Uh, Marvel. I think I am also a Marvel person. Mm-hmm. Um, which again makes sense because I've come into it mostly from movies, and Marvel has dominated the recent movie and television scene. Although I should qualify that with saying that I have not seen any of the recent Batman movies or the Batman Superman movies or the Superman movies. I have seen none of those. So I guess I am probably not the best actual judge. No, and I have not. missed a lot of the most recent Marvel movies as well. So I've seen all but one or two of the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. And I saw Man of Steel. And then I was like, well... I'm never watching any of these again. And I only saw Wonder Woman because it was Wonder Woman. And then it just happened to be really good. Okay. But, like, if it had been any other DC superhero produced by uh, Zack Snyder, I would not have fucking bothered because Man of Steel was a piece of garbage. That has generally been what I've heard. Yeah. I've been thinking of watching uh, the Justice League movie. But really just fast-forwarding through all the bits that aren't Wonder Woman and the Amazons. Oh, and mm-hmm. maybe Aquaman, because I like What's-His-Face. Oh, yeah. Is it Jason... Jason Momoa. Momoa, yeah. Man, I couldn't even remember his name from Game of Thrones. I was just like, big dude. <laughs> um, but I've never actually really read or watched any Wonder Woman that I remember. Uh, my sister is a big Wonder Woman fan, so mm-hmm. I think it likely that we watched a cartoon as kids, uh, okay. but I don't remember that. But even as a kid, I was super into X-Men, and that's that's Marvel. Yeah. So I've always been more of a Marvel person. Mm-hmm. I also just hate Batman. <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, <laughs> I feel like Batman has got a bad rep because I hate his fans. Okay. Like, could you like characterize a bit about what like what about the fans you hate? Um like do they act like assholes? I don't know. Have you ever gotten into a who would win in a Batman versus Superman debate? No. With somebody who truly thinks that Batman would defeat Superman. No. Because it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. You're literally like Superman could just fly away. 
Yeah. Like, he could just fly away. And then they're like, but Batman has this and this, and and what if he has kryptonite? And I was like, that was not the parameters of the fight. You didn't say anything about (laughs) kryptonite. You just said them fighting each other. Batman, uh, Superman could just fly away. There. He can be out of reach, and he can laser Batman. Done and done. But if you point out these logical things to them, they get very upset. Um... Anyways, I'm just not a fan of the whole fanboy, nerd boy culture around Batman, so. Okay, that's fair. Uh, One of the Wonder Woman books that was recommended to read was one of the Justice League books, Mm -hmm. and it was A League of One, I think is what the volume is called, Mm -hmm. and because of the story, there's like a prophecy that the Justice League that faces this challenge will die. And Wonder Woman is the one who receives the prophecy. So to save her co- like her companions, she has to trick them and like make sure they're not with her when she goes on this mission. So it's just her that dies. Um, but I find it so ironic because Batman, who is usually portrayed as like this working alone person, Mm -hmm. is the one who, like, talks to Diana about, like, no, we have to do this as a team. It has to be, we've got to work together. We're stronger together. And he's got all these great lines about working together. And and he's the one who figures out something's up with her and -hmm. and kind of stops her. But I just, I found that part to be kind of out of the character that I was familiar with with Batman. Well, how are you familiar with Batman? Well, just, like, from, mostly from the movies where he works alone. Yeah, see, I don't know if that was necessarily present in some of the original stuff because I liked Batman when I was a kid. It's more recently that I've just become very much against all the bullshit. Anyways, um Okay. And the the Christopher Nolan movies were sort of semi based on uh some specific comics written by a man whose name completely leaves my mind. And those were very different than a lot of other Batman mm. stories. Because okay. Batman is actually known for having allies like Robin and Batgirl and, you know, the on and off again thing with Catwoman. and Right. You know, so I don't think it... I think I, it also comes yeah. up in Lego Batman, which I've read some <laughs> books with my children. Right. The ultimate <laughs> source they, of Batman. They make me angry <laughs> with how much of a jerk Lego Batman is. Yeah. But, but enough so, about Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. We're talking about Wonder Woman today. <laughs> yeah. So, how did you enjoy this Wonder Woman story? It was great. I love, I love it. I've seen this. I saw this twice in theaters, so it's a lot of fun. Okay, okay. You? Um, it was okay. I tried to watch it once, and we stopped because it was super, super, super late at night, and we were going to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And that was months and months ago. So it left a lasting so. impression, huh? <laughs> yes. Um. But when I watched it in its entirety, it was not bad. Um, my biggest sticking point mm-hmm. is probably one of our next uh, talking points, um, which was the love story. Mm-hmm. And I know everybody was like, because um, when we were talking about Chris Pine in Star Trek, I was like, he just doesn't do it for me. I'm just not right seeing it. And I... S- Till just didn't think that this performance of his was that much better. So it was the performance and not the like this, the love story itself that you didn't like? Oh, the love story itself, I hate. Oh, okay. um, and there were parts like he was supposed to be a spy. He yeah. seemed like such a bad spy. Like, I just, I didn't buy that he was this... Um, that he would be sent on this mission behind enemy lines, that he, like, I just didn't buy into that. It kept pushing me out of the movie. I was like, he is so young. He seems like he would not make a good spy. Like, he he just doesn't seem to be the sort of person who is, like, a mystery. And when I think of someone who is a spy, I think of someone who is good at projecting a very neutral countenance and just doing a lot more reading of the situation and only like putting out very limited information 
And he just, I don't know. I, I He seemed to just thing. be fumbling his way through. I don't know. So, still not a Chris Pine fan. Cool, cool. What about the love story did you not like? Uh, that they put one in the movie. Like, period. Like, it did not need a love story. And I read the um, uh, the George Perez Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. which was in the 80s. And they don't have a love story in that book. So I was like, watching the movie and reading the comic book, I was like, see, she doesn't need to fall in love with him. She doesn't need to. They can have, like, platonic friendship love. That's fine. Why doesn't that be the thing that saves the world? That, you know? Um, I just, yeah, totally found it to be unnecessary to the events of the film. They put it in there because she's hot, he's hot, let's be hot together. I didn't feel that way about it. And I'm not usually one that, like, I don't know, I actually kind of liked it. Okay. I thought it, it showcased their... Because, A, they didn't really use it for for showing, like, there wasn't there wasn't very male-gazy, the romance. Um, what? I mean, there wasn't, like, a sex scene. There wasn't... Okay. Um, yeah. If anything, their romance was more female-gaze, I would say. I guess so, yeah. Since I think he had some more revealing scenes than she did. Yes. And I also actually kind of liked it as um, Diana's... And like like you said, they could have done this with friendship. And I do think they did in a way with the other men in the film. Um, but it was sort of her... I liked how he taught her about how the world is really like. And she taught him about how it could be. And and I liked how they affected how they sort of learned from each other that way. And I like that part too, but I I don't see that as being necessarily like romantic. I don't see where like romantic feelings towards each other. I don't think it necessarily has to either, but it didn't bother me that there was. Mm. Like I didn't think it was poorly written or anything like that. Mm-hmm. If anything, I thought it was one of the better romances I've seen in some of these movies because they did have such different goals. And even, like, and she didn't become meek and, uh, like, willing to follow his lead after sleeping with him. She was still like, no, I'm going to do my own thing. Right. And I liked that. I just felt like you could have taken out all of those, like, awkward, sexy moments and not lost much in the movie. In terms of plot or things of importance. Yeah, sure. And and I would have liked to have seen more of her fostering a relationship with the other men that were with them. Because um, I felt like that didn't get enough screen time. Yeah. So, I don't know. It sort of felt like they were sticking to the formula. And they did it because that's what's expected. I I can see where it would feel that way. I didn't get that feeling personally, though. Okay. Um, How did you like how the movie was framed with Diana in the future? Um, fine. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, I guess that was their way of connecting it to the rest of the series, because she had already been in Batman vs. Superman at that point. Right. I think I'd like it better if there weren't other movies. And that, like, um, Wayne Enterprises truck was just, like, a throwaway uh, Easter egg. Yeah, yeah. But because I know those trashy movies exist, it kind of makes it worse. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, I almost feel like I'm missing something that I might need to watch the other movies for. No, I don't really want to watch the movies. That's the trap. That's the trap, Jen. I know. Um... Have you seen any of the new stuff for the next Wonder Woman movie? I have. 1984. I'm excited. I know. I'm I'm excited just based on the year they picked. Yeah. Like, it feels like it's an unexplored decade. 
for superhero movies. I am excited. Well, and I know the next, uh, the new Captain Marvel movie is going to be in the 90s. So I'm excited for that oh, one, too. Cool. I didn't realize it was going to be set in the 90s. Yeah. Well, okay. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. But it has to be for reasons. Okay. Okay. Or at least it has to be. Need- it has to be in the past. Okay. We don't need to discuss it any further than that. Yeah. Okay. Did you have a favorite scene? I did. No Man's Land. Oh, where she... Where they're walking along and she's saying, we have to help these people. And every single man in that scene is saying, no, we can't. And then she's like, fucking watch me. Right. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know if I have a scene that stood out like that for me. I literally cried in the movie theater. That was a good one. Yeah, that was that was probably the the high point of the movie. Yeah. Well, apparently, um, I, there was a lot of contention about that scene even being in the movie because uh, the director Patty Jenkins had, or I guess the producers didn't understand what the point of it was, and the Patty Jenkins whole thing was, you know, this is when she becomes Wonder Woman, and right, that's, and that's why. It was needed. It's like, you know, it's the first time you see in her full outfit. It's the first time the theme plays. Right. It's really the first time you see her doing something big and heroic. Mm-hmm. I really did love the music in the film. Mm-hmm. I thought they used that really well. Um, and I liked the intro, like, training sequence as well that they showed. Yeah, that was some good stuff. That was some good fighting. Um, although that's reminded me of something else that drove me kind of nuts in the film as well. Which was? And that I didn't like child Diana. She really annoyed me. <laughs> she was there for like two minutes. I know. I know. Um, the other thing I would have wanted to see more of mm-hmm. was more Amazons in general. Yeah, that's what everybody I've ever talked to says, is like, can we just have a movie about the mascara? That's all we want. Yeah, yeah. And and there are a, are a few compelling storylines that I'm sure they could choose to explore. Absolutely, like probably... any of those Amazons, I'm sure, have great stories. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they probably won't, because they won't tie into the rest of the universe. I know the Amazons are in Justice League, which is one of the reasons I kind of want to if not watch it, skip around in it. But, mm. ugh. Like, I'm still recovering from watching Man of Steel, like, five years ago or whatever that was. God, that movie was terrible. <sighs> I already spent, like, 15 minutes talking about Batman, so I don't want to talk about Superman, but I'm just going to say Man of Steel murdered the characterization of Superman. That's all. Okay. Um, I could have used more uh, Etta. Etta Candy? Is that her name? Yes, Etta yeah. Candy. I love her. She was pretty awesome. And yes, I definitely could have used more of her. And I guess, like, one of the problems of the the story that they chose is that with the setting of World War One, there were limited women. Yeah. Um, I mean, the they had the doctor was a woman. Mm-hmm. Doing, doctor you know, Poison. Evil. Yeah. Doing evil, awful experiments. Did the reveal of Ares surprise you? I don't remember. Okay. It kind of surprised me as... I think I got pretty quickly that it wasn't uh, the general. Right. But I don't remember who, like, what I was thinking after that, you know? Right. Like, whether or not Ares was even really going to be involved. I actually kind of think it would have been a bit of a better story if he wasn't. But I like what they did did with it. Yeah, I did read an article where that was the criticism of the third act, mm-hmm. where, like, they set up this thing where, like, I mean, Diana just keeps sort of saying, like, I just have to find Ares and kill him. And Steve and everyone is like, that's not how, war, like, war works. Like, yeah. Um, and she's like, no, no, I just have to find this one guy and kill him. And then when she finds the general and it's not Ares... And she kind of gets dejected. Then, but then after that, Ares reveals himself and she kills him. 
and they kind of show that the war does end from that. Yeah. Uh, so they were saying that the end there is kind of messy in, in what it's trying to say. Yeah, I think I don't think it was necessarily wrong because they had already been talking about how, you know, the politicians were coming up with the armistice and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, in the George Perez book, mm-hmm. it isn't a full on war. Um, I think that one is set against a Cold War situation. Right. And so when she does defeat Ares, um, he has sort of been influencing people's um, behavior and stuff like that. And so when she ends that, she ends his influence on everyone, and then the situation cools off and backs down. I feel like that's probably what the next movie's going to be like, since it's in the 80s. With a Could very well be. But I honestly don't know how they would do that in a movie since they like their their big action scenes. Yeah, I mean there was plenty of fighting in the comic books, mm. and she or like her battle with Ares was much more involved okay. than just like a single sword battle. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and and like it was a little bit like I was glad that they had been talking about the armistice and everything like that. Um. But it did seem a little simplified how it just yeah. sort of ended the conflict. And it's like, this is a multi-nation conflict. And yeah. How did you yeah. like it as a movie that featured... Like, how did you think the representation of women was in this movie? Um, I thought it was okay. Like I said, I, I would have liked more Edda. Mm-hmm. Um, I it wasn't even clear to me on from watching it only once whether she was in the military or she was like what exactly her role was whether she was um I I liked the representation of the Amazons mm-hmm. um I'd actually read a whole bunch um of articles talking about their costuming and like his from like a historical armor perspective and different things like that, mm-hmm. breaking down all those aspects. And so it seems like they paid some thought to it. I know they realized kind of when, after they initially shot everything, oopsie, we didn't actually cast any women of color. And then they had to do some reshoots. Oh, um, it's nice that they did the reshoots then, but shitty that they didn't think of it beforehand. Yeah. Um and yeah, I I also am sort of like conflicted about the depiction of Wonder Woman herself. Mhm. It wasn't as extremely male gazy as we're used to, but it was commented on by pretty much every man she meets. He pretty much says out loud like you are so beautiful. Or some variation on it. Um, like, it just seems like we were consistently reminded throughout the movie. Yeah. About her looks. That didn't feel like if nobody had commented on how beautiful Gal Gadot is, I think that would have been less realistic. Like, she's just a very beautiful woman. So I, it just didn't bother me. She is a beautiful woman, but Chris Pine is an attractive man, and they don't have every woman comment on him being good-looking. Oh. I don't really think of Chris Pine as being that attractive. So, I mean, I, I still think it, it could be better. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping for the next installment... That they might lean into some of the modernized uh, Wonder Woman outfits. Um, just to move it in a more progressive direction that way as well. I guess this one didn't bother me because it looked exactly like... I mean, other than the colors and stuff. It it, mm-hmm. it looked like what they were wearing on the island. Yeah. Um, it wasn't too far off of that. But... I'm assuming that when she is in the next film, she is fighting in more of like a modern 
warfare scenario where, you know, historically accurate inspired armor is less practical? I don't know. I guess we shall see. I don't think there's been any pictures of her in her outfit yet. Yeah, because like when, when you're regularly fighting people who are using swords and you have to go from horseback to foot combat, some of the armor skirting is quite practical. I mean, Romans use that. Yeah. But then when you're having to run through a city to, you know, like it... I've always wondered why superheroes don't adapt their costumes more. Well, I can see, or actually, Wonder Woman might not, because that's, like, she hasn't been back to Themyscira, as far as I'm aware. And this is an outfit that she, you know, brought from Themyscira, so she might not want to change it. Okay, that's fair. That being said, uh, producers are usually against not changing an outfit between movies, or, you know, changing it up a bit. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure it'll be different. There'll be some variations on it, I'm sure, Yeah. yeah. I mean, she might just get some stuff from Wayne Enterprises that's Ugh. got some fun gadgets. Um, how, how did you find the representation? So I thought it was great, um, especially just because, like, I do watch a lot of superhero movies. And this, you know, I wanted a, one that starred a woman a superhero who had mm-hmm. women friends, mm-hmm. you know, and... And like I said, that that no man's land scene where literally everybody, all the men are telling her no, and she's just like, fuck that, is fabulous, mm-hmm. and I love it. Um, but then I saw Black Panther, which has a much better representation of women in it, even though it stars a male superhero. I have not seen Black Panther yet. Yeah, and it, it did sort of put it in, in perspective. Uh, I think this is the first time I've watched Wonder Woman since I saw Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And I liked the representation of women better in Black Panther. Mm-hmm. So we should watch Black Panther because it's amazing. We own it. <laughs> Haven't watched it yet. It's amazing. I'm I'm in a big like comic book movie kick, so I'm actually going back and rewatching a bunch of them and stuff like that. So yeah, um, I will get there eventually. I'm sure. Um, so. My thoughts on the representation of women in this, I have to say, is also... I've had some long discussions with a coworker about this because we were discussing the critiques of the film when it came out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And one of my big points to, to send home with people is that the reason it was so critical with Wonder Woman, so important, I should say, was because it has been the only comic book movie with a female lead. Mm-hmm. So... Everything was resting on it. If Wonder Woman had been the 10th comic book movie with a female lead, it like there would have been much more uh, room for there to be the regular like um, fanning and criticism. You know, mm-hmm. like it seemed like everything was so intense and it was so important. And it was just like, well, that's just because they make so few movies that lead with women. Mm-hmm. And therefore, if anything is perceived to be, you know, too weak, it's it's jumped on and harshly criticized. But if we're just making more movies about women, that gives them more freedom to make a whole range of movies of varying quality, just like they make them about men. Case in point, Man of Steel. I don't disagree with you, obviously. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, obviously, yeah. No, I'm not saying this is to, like, to refute it, I'm just wanting to bring this up for the people listening that, um, in general, we need more representation. And I don't want anyone to think that my criticisms of the way women are portrayed in this film or anything, you know, should be taken too heavily. Because what we just need is more films and TV series focusing on women and women's stories. Mm-hmm. And more women directors and more women writers to lead these stories. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I think they're making Batgirl, and I do think that they've signed on... Shoot. I I don't remember. I know Joss Whedon backed off, and we were all very thankful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, I hadn't heard that, but then as soon as you said Joss Whedon, I was like, right, I did know they were making Batgirl. Yeah. 
Because the people rejoiced when Joss Whedon was like, no, no, that's okay. Yeah. And that one I probably yeah. will go see because, again, I like to support women superhero films, even though I don't like to support these crappy-ass DC films. Well, looking at DC film history for the modern DC films, mm-hmm. the ones starring women have been the best, so... Yeah. You know, a Batgirl-leading film might be worth your time. Hopefully. And I'm... Super excited about Captain Marvel. Yeah, me too. Did we have anything else to say about Wonder Woman? I don't think so. Um, okay. I really liked it. Yeah, I I didn't dislike it. Oh, Jen. Which might be faint phrase. <laughs> but just, I'm, I, I can't imagine. I might watch it again. <laughs> like, this is not a judgment. I just can't <laughs> imagine being someone who really enjoys the fifth element. But Wonder Woman, we have to be super critical of. Part of, okay. In my defense, a huge part of my enjoyment of The Fifth Element mm-hmm. is built in from the nostalgia of when I watched it, during which I had much less expertise in, um, in looking at my media with a critical eye. Yeah. So, and, and so it's like all those years of nostalgia and who I was watching it with and, Things like that. And so now I can look at it critically, but my initial reactions weren't filtered through that lens. Sure, sure. And it's, it's I have to say, one of the slight downsides of looking at everything through a critical feminist lens is that it's hard to find something that you get super excited about now. I don't have that problem. I can be very critical of things that I am super excited about and love. Okay. Just, just counterpoint is all uh, your counterpoint of view. Okay, but yes, we can move on. Yes. Do we have any recommendations? This I week? do. I thought okay. since we watched a World War One movie, I would recommend some World War One books. Oh. Um, that are kind of a. They're not fully steampunk, but they're kind of a steampunk retelling of World War One. Um, oh, I think I know what they are. The Leviathan books by Scott Westerfeld. Yep. Amazing books. And mm-hmm. you shall read them. They are incredible. <laughs> I have them and I have read them. Mm-hmm. And I was out walking once and there was a young boy who was like walking and reading the book. And like I audibly gasped. And I was like, that's such a good book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he totally was in the book. So he didn't <laughs> realize i had said anything that's probably for the better probably for the better <laughs> some strange um, lady attacking him over his book. <laughs> i hadn't thought of a thing to say this time um okay so i will recommend the wonder woman by george perez mm-hmm. um it is a little bit dated but I really enjoyed the story it told. Do you own that or did you library it? I own it in digital format. Well, so that doesn't help me either, Jen. No. Um, there's a comics, there's like an an e-comic app called Comixology. I'm aware of and it. And yeah, I'm just telling us. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Sorry, I thought we were, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Carry on. <laughs> Let me try that again. So there's a there's an e-comics app called Comixology, and it links into your Amazon account, and it lets you buy, like, online comics. Um, I find the you can't buy from within the app interface, mm. which which I find a little annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to go to like the Comixology website interface. But uh, yeah, I, I highly recommend it. It I really like reading the comics in an online format like they present. I find it actually easier for me versus a physical comic. Mm-hmm. Um, and the George Perez one, I really enjoyed overall. Um, did you find, like, did you read on your phone? I did. Did you find it easy to read? Generally, yes. Okay. Um, so in, in the Comixology app, you can have it set up a couple different ways. 
the way that I like to have it is it like zooms into the individual square panel Mm -hmm. or rectangle panel or whatever size it is. So you just see that piece. And then when you tap the edge, it goes to, it zooms to the next one, to the next one, to the next one. And then when you've done a whole page, it zooms out and lets you see the page overall. Okay. A couple times it wasn't zoomed in enough for the amount of text on the page. And I had to like do the the zoom um, on my screen. But just like a couple times, um, it was otherwise very easy to read. And the other reason I like the app for doing that is because sometimes with some comic book page layouts, my eyes get distracted to like a different panel and I end up like jumping around or unsure of which order I'm supposed to be reading it in Mm -hmm. and taking it in. And so this like leads me through it with the flow of the story. And then I get an overall look at the art and the impact of the page and the different panel layouts they've chosen. But it helps me not get distracted by something else and read things out of order. And like, it helps the story flow better for me. Okay. Okay, good. And I was just double checking. George Perez looks like he was the author and illustrator of the... Oh, that's rare. Or maybe it wasn't back then, but it certainly is now. Because I was realizing I wasn't saying who the illustrator was when I was recommending it. And I was like, oh, I should do that. But I don't know who it is off the top of my head. So so I I don't think I would have enjoyed the plot of the movie had I not, or I don't think I would have enjoyed the plot of the movie as much as I did had I not read the comic. Like, I think I would have been wondering about more stuff that happened and why things were happening. But having read the comic, different things with the prophecy and about why the Amazons are on Themyscira and and the fog surrounding them is all explained much more thoroughly. So... Interesting. See, none of that stuff really bothered me. But I think you and I watch things differently, so. Obviously. Yes. So, those are our recommendations. Now, next week, I believe it's another Nerdfest, Kate. Oh, that came up quickly. That means I have to choose things. (laughs) I think I have my things chosen. Well, la-dee-da. So, so people should send in anything that they're nerding out about right now. We can read them out. We can all nerd out together. That is a great idea. What is our listeners currently nerding out about? Our listeners can send us an email, which is a command of her own at gmail.com. Or you can let us know on Twitter at command of her own. And we will try and compile a list for the next episode about what y'all are nerding out about and read them out on the air. So yeah, thank you for listening. I've been Caitlin. And I've been Jen. And we'll see you next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.